Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. God is good. You know, for over a month now, that's what we've been focusing on in the message and the context of that God is good and that you can expect good things from the Lord. Amen? There are a couple of good things. Um, I, I shouldn't say a couple, but just a couple of announcements that I want to make in relationship to some of the goodness of the Lord. A few weeks ago, there was a young man who stood here with me, Brother Tim Jackson, and he started to talk to you about you know, our young people, getting them involved, getting them to the point of where uh, we want them to see how to build a computer. Don't just uh, say, Mom, buy me a computer. Don't just say, Mom, Dad, buy me some games. Why don't you learn how to actually do this yourself? Amen? And so uh, Tim and I met uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, very early in the morning uh, this weekend. Um, we want you parents to bring your children on the uh, the third Saturday, uh, pardon me for not remembering the exact date, but it's the third Saturday. Next, next week will be the second Saturday, and so it's the following week. And we want you to come at approximately 11 o'clock. Pat says it's the 16th of September. Everybody say September 16. September. Say it one more time, September 16. So on September 16th at 11 o'clock, if you have a child, male or female, that's 12 and older, please bring them. Please allow us to begin to introduce them to some pathway, some occupation, some skill sets that they can have, as I would say, in their tool belt that will help them to progress in life. Now, it's not something that we want you as a parent or the child to take lightly because it's work involved. You, you're not going to build a computer in a matter of minutes. You're not going to understand circuitry and electricity in a matter of minutes. This, everybody says, for the long haul. The long haul. Say it again, for the long, haul. the long haul. So, Brother Tim, I believe you shared with me that it would be approximately at least 10 to 12 sessions that we'd have. And he, and he shared with me, Pastor, we need to do this at least three days a week. Some of it in person, some of it virtually. Some of it will be virtual instructions that he would lay out but the child has to do the homework. How many of you know your children are never going to be successful if they decide they're never going to do their homework? How many of you know you're never going to be successful in the kingdom of God if you don't do your homework? I tell you, if you don't do the work, you won't get home. And I want to go home. I want to be. God said, I desire that you prosper and be in what? Good health. Even as your soul is what? Prospering. God wants our children to prosper. Have you ever been riding through neighborhoods now and, and, and they, 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 you see signs like low 600,000 for a house? I mean, they say low 600, low 700. When ever 700,000 been low? <laughs> Folks, we are just simply saying to you, your children, when they get to their next level of adulthood, if they don't have million-dollar faith, they won't make it. Amen. They will not make it. Some of you, you, you can remember when houses were less than 100000 You can't find one now. Some of you remember when you paid over 100000 It's like, wow, that's a lot of money, six digit. But look at where they are now. They're closer to a million than they are to 100000 now. 
I, I don't know if the house is even worth it, but that's what they are praised. And if you're going to have a dwelling over your head, and you're going to have to bring something to the table. A lot of people go to employer, employers, and you have nothing to put on the table. This is one of the concepts that we want to teach children too. Like, for instance, I always say this. Let's just say you have a job, and your job is requiring you to be there from 8 to 4 to get paid. That's what? For eight hours. Do you understand that an 8 to 4 job doesn't mean that you show up at 8? Some of you couldn't work for me. Because if you're showing up for eight at 8, you're late. You're late. You don't show up at 8 o'clock and decide, I, I'm going to eat breakfast now. <laughs> Sorry. So if I were to dock your pay for the amount of time that you play or text or do or... Uh, I understand that we have what we call a, a beltway or interstate highway that you could have an accident or traffic. That's understandable. But if you make it a routine, you're supposed to be working at 8, not arriving at 8. So if you've been doing that, say, I repent. I repent. Say it again, I repent. Because you haven't been representing Christ correctly if that's how you've been operating. You're supposed to be there and when your employee looks at you, they see you working. And when they compensate you, they compensate you because you did what? Eight hours of work. And none of that good enough for government work mentality. One of the things that we want to do is help build character in this. They're going to build computers. We're going to actually purchase the kit for them. But I only want to purchase kits for kids who are serious. Don't have me purchase a kit, and then you say, well, after a week, I don't want to do it. Parents, talk to your children. And some of us will have to help our parent children to push forward because they are going to want to lay in bed at these times that we are saying, let's press in and do it. You, how many of you know your children didn't want to go to school last week or this week? <laughs> they would have preferred to what? Just lay in bed. But you had to say, <laughs> I'm watching this young man. Uh, you had to say, get up. We got to go. Because something good is going to happen if they get this academic training. Amen. It's the same thing that if we do this, what we're trying to do in the church, you're going to see something good. So what date is it, are we meeting on? Oh, you got it. What time? 11 Why 11 a.m.? Because I'm expecting you to join me for prayer at 10 o'clock. And then we come right out of prayer and right into the right mindset to be able to go further. I'm going to be asking Sister Benita Hampton in the months to come or weeks to come to go back through finances with our kids again. Our kids re really need to know that everything that you get, you shouldn't try to buy goods with it, especially goods that are just depreciating. I, I want to spend it on the sneakers. I want to spend it on this. I want to spend it on that. And stuff that just, is, it just has no value. And if you don't know how to save, if you don't know how to put something away, you will be broke for the rest of your life. And God doesn't want us to be broke. Again, I, I requote the scripture. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have good success. But God wants you to have good sense. We also need to deal with uh, a subject matter that I still see happening. Some of you are acting like you're going to live forever on the earth. 
Now, I'm going to try to break this down to you and tell you what I mean. Some of you are not making preparations for just an insurance policy to ensure that when you die, you have enough to bury yourself. You are okay leaving a burden for somebody else? It costs about $10,000. It's probably, and, and, and folks, I'm not talking on the high end here. Why, why am I sharing with you? Because, yes, you can go to the funeral home. The funeral home might say, I can do it for about five, $6,000. But that's just one part. Now where are we going to bury you? The interment is another cost. To dig that hole six feet in the ground, to place a vault in it, which you have to buy, and to place a casket in it, that's another two to $3,000. In some cases now, it's about 5000 and some of us have no preparation. And you cannot imagine the amount of hardship and confusion that it caused. And then they're looking at me all starry-eyed, what the church going to do? I'm going to preach a funeral. We're going to provide the building so that you can come and all of your family. But it's not the church's responsibility to pay the funeral expense. And folks, there are policies for less than $25 that you need to get. Some of you have older relatives that you are caregiving, but you have not thought about the fact they're going to transition. Make sure you put some things in place. So I'm going to ask Sister Benita, stand up, Sister Benita. Amen. Stand up, Brother Tim. I want you, the, the gentleman I was talking to you about the computer, uh, see him after church. Let him know. I'm interested. I'm, uh, look, and it's not just for people of Rainbow. You might have children in your neighborhood that you know can benefit. You may have people that you know in, on your job that can benefit from what uh, Sister Benita is going to help us in terms of getting education on. I'm taking some time to do these things and losing the length of time I know to do this because it's important. Too many people are falling through the cracks. We need to understand what's required. So if you're interested in, in, in getting more information about how you can put something in place, you see, Sister Benita, if you're interested in having your children or your neighbor's children, you see them and you know them and you know that they need an outlet, they need a, a pathway so that they can become what God always wanted them to be, then you see, Brother Tim, you see, see these individuals. Amen? Thank you guys for standing out. And then here's a final announcement. In October, everybody say October, October. 2024. That's a year from now. We want to have a fundraiser. That's a, a charity golf fundraiser. We've done one before for the Community Development Center. Some of you work with it. Any of you that work with the, the, uh, the, the charity golf uh, uh, event that we put together? Some of you are here. Ron's here. Some of you played. Uh, generally, we need about 100 to 115 golfers, and we need people, corporations, that will sponsor so that we can raise resources to help do what we do back there every uh, Tuesday and every Thursday, and that is to make sure that no child goes to bed hungry, that no family is uh, at a place where they look in their cupboards or their refrigerator and they have no food to eat. Our children will not learn to the best of their ability if they go to school hungry. You can't concentrate. You can't focus when you are hungry sitting in the classroom. 
And so God has blessed us. You know, this week um, uh, on Monday, uh, everything that I had on my little to-do list, uh, I found myself doing it yesterday because God changed everything around. Uh, we picked up 36 pallets of food on Monday. And the devil thought he could just literally just stop us because that truck, that 20-footer that, that we have, it broke down on Monday. And so the driver, uh, Brother Keith, he called me and said, Pastor, the truck is broke down. And we're there all over in Chevy Chase, Maryland. And I thought, oh, Lord, I got to go in and chase them down. But it's good. To, everybody says it's good to have partners. We call another ministry who has a truck and say, can we use your truck? But we realized one truck wasn't going to do it. This truck could hold 12 pallets. They had 30-plus pallets of food, they being Target. This is why I said, if you go to Target, thank them, because they have become a wonderful partner with us in helping us to feed our community. And so we took literally three trucks all of them who could hold at least 12 pallets of food, and they filled us and looked at us and said, can you come back? We said, tomorrow. <laughs> we couldn't go back. But you, I, I want you to understand that there's, there's just it's so much, and I've, I've shared it with Miss Pat, and I don't see Juan Pablo here, but uh, Brother Curtis, Juan Pablo, I'm going to need you as a team to get together to help us to produce a video that helps people to see what it takes to get food from here onto your plate. It's a lot more than people can imagine. You know, I, I share with people, I say, whoo, I'm pushing 70 close. But every day, the Lord gets me up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning, and I'm here generally between 5.30, 6 o'clock. Why do I do it? And, and I know something's got to change. I know that my body won't continue to do seven days a week like we've been doing for almost a year. I don't get a day off. I get some time off, but I don't get a day off. Because I know there's much labor to be done. The harvest is truly plentiful. We are able to minister to people, get people saved. I don't think it's been a time that Elder Felix hadn't been on that line and praying for people and people getting saved. We know people are getting saved. Amen. We know people are receiving Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I did something that was so strange to me, and it just felt strange. On Tuesday, I was walking and, you know, trying to do traffic control and help get food in there. And the Lord said, get into that lady's car. I was like, huh? I'm not my wife. I mean, she, it's just a woman driving a car, and she was in the line. And the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, and there's no audible voice. It was just that unction that says, get in her car. So I went to the window on the passenger side, and I said to her, I said, may I sit down? And she just, I mean, she popped the lock. She said, sure, sit down. And I think she was thinking, you know, he's tired. He's been working. It was hot. Felix was laughing at me. He says, Pastor, you two-toned. Part of my hand, part, you know, it's just, it's, it's hot out there. And I got in the car, and I hadn't been in the car three to five seconds, and she just started to cry. Very discouraged. It's wonderful when you know that you've heard God and you can encourage somebody's heart. When you know that you, it, it wasn't just by accident that God spoke what he spoke to you. Because that's not my M.O. Getting into a car with a woman. I, 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 I got a bride. 
But God wants you to be available. Say, I'm available. available. Say it again, I'm available. available. Be available. Be available to God. God wants to use us. And so this golf tournament, Brother Ron, come and stand with me for a minute. Folks, what we have right now is what we would call a skeleton. In other words, anybody ever put a puzzle together? Yeah, and let's just say it's a thousand-piece puzzle, and you got all those little pieces. If you're going to be successful putting that puzzle together, at least what my mother used to tell me, and she loved puzzles, and she loved giving us puzzles to put together. She says, put all of the edges together. So right now, we are asking and looking for some people that can help us put all of the edges together before October 2024. We kind of know the date that we want. We kind of know the venue that we want. But now we need a team. How many of you know teamwork is like dream work? And so we, 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 I have a list of some names uh, that Brother Ron and I were sitting, we were talking probably two weeks ago. When we started to talk about this, this project, we've been talking about it probably during the course of the year. And about two weeks ago, we started to just kind of put some things down. Some of you, I'm looking at your faces now. So between now and um, Tuesday, uh, and hopefully today for some of you that are here, uh, we're just going to ask you, will you be a part of this team? Perhaps there are names that didn't surface, but you are saying, I'm here and I'd like to be on a team like that. I want you to see Brother Ron today and say, look, I'd like to be a part of putting this whole event together. Because what will happen? You know, yes, the guys will go out and golf, but in between, you need people that will talk to institutions, like for instance, um, uh, women as well. Women, you can golf as well. This is not just a man's event. You can golf. You are definitely welcome to be a part of the team, a part of the golfing. But we need some people for, to help us build a foundation now. Um, Brother Ron and I, we, we are going to try to help put some borders around where we're trying to go. But we need to contact a lot of people who uh, we're going to be asking to do donations. We call it sponsorships. We're going to be asking people for 25 or uh, 15 or 10 or 5 or 500 or 100 or $1. But we're going to be talking to corporations. We're talking to banks. We're going to be talking to people like Fridays across the street, people like 7-Eleven, people. And, and we're going to need people to help us with letters, to help us with language, to help us with some of the legalities, to help us with the event itself. Because on the day that we have that, we will want to have what we call a continental breakfast. We want to have boxes of lunch go out to the golfers while they're on their little golf carts, thinking that they're Tiger Wood. Um, <laughs> we, we, we will want to have a banquet. And at that banquet, that's, that's Miss Pat's time. And I hope that it, in that time, she'll also have a few of the clients who have received from the pantry who might be able to tell people who can continue to help us in the days ahead why this is so important, why their investment is valuable. Brother Ron, I know I've been talking a lot, but. Good morning. Um, anybody that's ever had the opportunity to work with pastors, you know, they have the tendency to push the envelope. <laughs> and uh, on this one, we did this before, what, 2018, Miss Pat? Mm -hmm. And. Um, to come out ahead 
idea was not to come out ahead. It was to uh, create funds for the community development center. So the target here is $100,000. And Say that's small. that's small. And if we had 100,000 people, we just need a dollar. <laughs> so we got about maybe 30 people to form a committee. And we are looking to yield $100,000. But uh, in the next three weeks, we need our writers. We have an editor on board uh, who are professionally experienced with the uh, grants writing and uh, soliciting scholarships and all. But we need a format and a letter that will get our sponsors committed in the first line. And that letter has to be concise. And we want it to be a format that we can use for the different sponsor levels. Uh, our first one will be the title sponsor, which is $25,000, small change, just a quarter of a hundred. And we go down to different de denominations, about nine different levels uh, of sponsorship. And we need to have that in place. Uh, we would like the next three weeks so it can go out before the last week of September. The idea is to stay in front of the fiscal year so they don't have that excuse. But um, that's the most immediate need. Uh, the committees are vague, they're large, uh, range from setup to uh, breakdown, uh, security. There's a lot of spaces for people to fit. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hands find to do, do it diligently. And your skill, talent, wit, and intellect has no place in the grave where you're going. That has carried me for the last 15 years to serve. Uh, and I invite you, I encourage you, see me, give me your email uh, so we can uh, email information to you so you can be a part of the initial Zoom meeting. And we're open for input and help and discussion. But as Pastor says, we're going to do this. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Well, praise God. You thought that only Sister Terry could preach. Um, Ron's been kind of hiding in the background, but word is in him. And this is all about doing what we believe God wants to help his kingdom come and his will to be done. It's not about golf itself, but it's about how many of you know the Bible says the wealth of the sinner is what? Laid up for the just. That means we're supposed to go bring it into the kingdom so that the money can be used in a spiritual and godly way. You know, 96% of the wealth of this nation is in the hands of 4% of the people. That's all. That's really skewed. And so God is saying to us, you know, I'll give you favor. How many of you, you God will cause you to increase in favor? He said, I'll cause you to increase in favor with God and man. And so we're believing for the favor of God. And some of you, even the corporations and the companies that you work for, if you approach them, and as Ron said, with something that in the first line says, this is the value that will be added as you give. I believe that even many of the, the corporations you work for would jump in and be a part of what we want to do in October 2024.
Amen? So see Brother Ron today if you're interested in being a part of that team. There are people, as I said, uh, I think Ron has a list of maybe 10, 10 or more people. Uh, 30, he says he's got a list of 30 people, and he didn't call y'all all by name sitting in my office one day, and I'm just looking at some of you and say yes. Uh-oh, you're getting scared now. Say yes. <laughs> so he's going to be asking you between today and uh, I would say Tuesday so that we can give you the link to be able to hook up with us on Thursday night because that's when we will uh, launch and um, start putting things in place. Amen? Amen? Praise God. You ready for the word? Yes. Amen. So am I. Uh, announcements is not my favorite thing. Um, um, one of my friends who is a colleague, a minister, he says, oh, you preach all of your announcements. And I said, oh, I do. <laughs> that means I take some time because I want it to be fully understood, and I want to be able to get what's in my head over into your head, what's in my heart, perhaps getting it into your heart as well. How many of you know God is good? How many of you know God is good? And, and we've been talking about the goodness of God. Everything that God touches, he touches in a way where it's good. You know, I was sharing with Kyle this morning. I, t I said, uh, I, I did this in the way of creation. How many of you remember how the world was formed or created in what? Seven days, right? Yeah. Actually, six days and the seventh day, God rested. Yeah. For, so he's got a little slide presentation, and I'm, I'm going to focus on day six and day seven, talking about the goodness of the Lord. Well, day one was just about light. How many of you know the Bible says the earth was void and without form? And then God, the Spirit of God, hovered and moved. God wants His Spirit to be the one who leads you. So if you're going through situations that look dark, that look bleak, that look sometimes even impossible, God wants you to stop trying to rely on your mind and simply just learn how to renew your mind and rely on the Holy Ghost. Because when the earth was void and without form, it was the Holy Ghost that moved upon the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. And light came. Well, day two, if we'll move to day two, day two was the firmaments. And I know we don't use that often, but the firmaments is stuff beyond what you and I could see. How many of you know there's, if we were to go as far as we could go into the atmosphere, that's things that you have never seen in your life. You know, how many of you remember when you were kids and you thought there were only a limited amount of planets? And we used to make these little science projects and we would have Pluto and Saturn. And, 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 but man, when they got things like the, the telescope that, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? The Hubble telescope. I say, whoa, there are thousands of them out there. Who did that? God on the second day. And you know, every time God did something, you remember what he would say? And it was good. It was good. What happened on day three? On day three, come on, come on with me, buddy. On day three, there, it, it, it began to create what we now know as the earth, the sea, the vegetation. God put all of that there. All those things that you say, I enjoy eating. Even some of the things that you don't enjoy, but you know it's good for you. Like the other day, I saw somebody getting Brussels sprouts. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> and she said to me, she said, they are good, young man, and they are good for you. How I many of you everything that God created is good? 
good for you. But you can abuse it. How many of you know you, you, you could drown yourself by drinking too much water? You can actually flood your own lungs by drinking too much water. Everything is good that God has made, but you don't do it. And, and some of us abuse ourselves. We abuse our bodies. We don't understand what God created your body to do. God created you to be in a, a vessel for him. God created you to be an ambassador for him. Some of us, we, we, we made our bodies uh, 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 containers for alcohol. We made our bodies containers for drugs. We made our bodies for containers for things that, that God didn't want you to contain. How many of you know that there are times where people use things that it wasn't ever created for that, but they tried to make it that? Uh, this morning in prayer, I was saying, you know, this is not a ladder. Wouldn't you agree? For those that are on, 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 on the screen, this is not a ladder. How many of you ever seen people jump up in a chair trying to use it as a what? What was it made? It was made for your gluteus maximus to sit down. That's what it was created for. And sometimes we try to use it for something else. How many of you have taken a butter knife and tried to use it for a screwdriver? <laughs> and then you wonder why when you try to use it for it to spread this butter on your toast, it's tearing your toast all up. Because you abused it. It was not created. It was never. Say, I was created, I was created to, worship. to worship. I was created, I was created to, praise God. to praise God. And a lot of times we're praising the earth. We're, the Bible says we're more enthralled with what has been created rather than the one who created it all. Oh, pastor, that's lit. Do you know where the light came from? If it's lit, do you know where the light came from? Oh, that's so off the hook. Do you know who made the hook that you could take it off? God created that. Look at what happened in day four. In day four, the sun, the moon, the star. On Wednesday, I was telling people, look up at the moon. Do you know we had a blue moon on Wednesday? Somebody said, I ain't never even heard. That's why we get expressions like once in every blue moon. Because the coloration of the moon, if you had taken time to look at what God created, was bluish in color. Most of the time it's this vibrant uh, light that you see in the moon, a yellowish or orange type color, but it was blue. That's God. Say, that's God. And every so often, there is something called a blood red moon. That's God. Moving things and causing things to stay. And you know, you remember Nicole Mellon when she wrote a song? Who told the ocean that it could come but so far? Even during this storm that went through Florida the, over the recent week as a result of, of, of a hurricane, Still, the ocean could come but so far. And who told it to do that? God, when he created it. Say, I have a good God. Say it again, I have a good God. See, if you know God, you know he's good. Look what he did on day five now. On day five, all the birds, all of the sea creatures. Folks, there are creatures in the sea that you ain't never seen before. That's God. God is creative. If you want to know who is the most creative person in the earth, God. 
And he's given you creativity. He's given you abilities. He's given you things that nobody else can do. Say, I'm unique. I'm unique. You are distinctively unique. You are made in God's likeness. You are made in God's image. Look at day six now. This is where we come in. Day six, the land, the animal, the land animals rather, and humans. And you know what God did with what he said? All up until that point, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, everything that God created, he said, and it was what? Good. Do you know what he said after day six? Everybody say, very good. How many of you gotten a grade on your papers and the teacher put good, but you knew when she put very good, it was better than good? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm better than good. Why? Because God created you. Now, here's the problem that we see. Say it again. Say, I am very good. Every now and then when people ask you how you're doing, make sure you tell them very good. Why? Because that's how God created you. Very good. You might go through some bad time, but you are still what? Very good. You may make some messed up choices, but you are still what? Very good. Why? Because you were made in God's likeness. You were made in God's image. The breath. You know, we we're thinking about that. Thank you, Sweetie, for that song. The, the breath that's in your lung is the breath that came from God. Very good. Then on day seven, look at what happened on day seven. On day seven, the Sabbath. I, I wish that picture was bigger. I, I, I did it in a kind of a hurry and, and, and didn't get to enjoy. But in that picture, everything that you talked about, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, comes into play in that picture. And everything that God has created, he created it to worship him. How many of you know the Bible says the trees of the field start to clap their hands? The rocks, he said, if necessary, would start to what? Cry out. That's why every now and then we write songs and songwriters write songs. I ain't going to let no rock cry in my place. You are created to worship God. You are created and say, I am very good. What's my point of telling you all of this this morning? It's simply this. I mentioned this last week, and I said three C's, and the Lord says, no, it's four. And I said, okay, God. And then I, I, I gave three. He said, you know, always just allow me to keep speaking to you. There are three C's or four C's that I've found now this week from the Spirit of the Lord that we have to be cautious about. Say, I was created, I was created. By, God, by God, and I am, and I am. made in his likeness, in his image, and it is, I am, very good. What happens though? People get into this thing. I'm going to give you all four C's so that by the end of the service, you won't be saying, Pastor, you told us four, but you only gave us two. So if I run out of time, you have all four. Got me? All right. Number one, comparison. And I'll talk to you about that. Comparison. Comparison. Number two, competition. We'll talk a little bit about competition. Number three, coveting. Uh, 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 what, am I, what am I trying to show you? There are times we don't appreciate that we are very good 
Because we spend our lives comparing ourselves to other people, competing with other people, coveting, wanting what they got. And then the Lord, the fourth one, the Lord told me this week, he says, and cheating. Cheating. Do you, do you realize that, that some people think that they can cheat their way to, through life? One of the things that we try to tell kids in school, don't try to, you, you, you can't take an exam and cheat. Monica, you're an educator. What happens if a child, you catch a child cheating? Yeah, in college, you can just get kicked out. How many of you have found people that try to lie about who they are and what type of thing and qualification? That's trying to what? Cheat your way. And this is why at times where people, they start to blame God for things that are going on in their life. And God had nothing to do with that. Everything that God has to do with your life comes out what? Very good. Everything that you follow in the way of God's instruction will result in something happening what? Very good. This is why the, the scriptures tells us, it says, don't lean unto your what? Own understanding. But do what? Acknowledge God in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. That's why God said, you are distinctively made. Look at your hands for a moment. Just have both, put your hands out right now. Do you know that these little things that we call fingerprints, nobody's got one like you. Nobody has one like you. You are distinctively made. Your pupils, nobody has pupils like yours. They are distinct. There are things that God has made uh, uh, for you that nobody else has because he made you very good. He made you and created you with purpose. And all of the purposes of God, all of the plans of God for your life are for your good. You know Jeremiah said that. God has what? A plan for you. And his plan is to do what? Good in your life. This is why it's so important for you to not just try to say, well, I'm setting my goal. You might want to say, what's God's goal for me? What's God's desire for me? What's God's heart for me? What's God's design on my life? The Bible says no one should be trying to lean to their own understanding. God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God sends his word to accomplish something in our lives. That's why he doesn't want you to reject the word. He says, when you hear God's word, don't harden your heart. Open your heart. Say, my heart is open today, Lord. Say, my ears are open today, Lord. And why? Because I want to hear what the spirit of God is saying to me. I want to give you a few scriptures. They've got them. I believe back there, and I, I asked him to put them in the New Living Translation for me this morning. You are distinctively you. In uh, Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, if you'll go there with me. Psalm 139, if you are able to turn there in your Bible, that would be as, as good as well. Those of you at home that are watching online, we encourage you to open your Bible, and you're going to Psalm 139. You may not have a New Living Translation, so I'll read so that you can be in unity with us this morning in the New Living Translation of Psalm 139, and we are going to read verses 13 and 14, 15 and 16. 
all right? In the 13th verse, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Isn't that awesome? Parts, inner parts of your body that you can't even see, you can't even touch. God made them. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Let me tell you something. Your existence today is not just because your mama and daddy had an encounter. Your existence is because God is involved. And God has a plan for you. Amen? And this is why Jeremiah would further explain, God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Look at verse 14 with us as we go through the New Living Testament in the 139th, verse, 139th Psalm. He says, thank you. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. Come on, look, look at your neighbor and say, I'm marvelous. I'm marvelous. God, that's what the scripture said. You're the work of God's hand, and God's workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. God is good. Come on, let's go to the 15th verse now. The 15th verse says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Still confirming what Jeremiah had told us. God knew you before you were formed in the mother's womb. And all through the process of being formed from what we would call an egg and a sperm to you. The beautiful you. Say, the beautiful me. Look at how God said, I, I formed you. And God made you distinct and this is why I'm trying to get across to you stop comparing yourself stop saying I want to be like him I want to be like her and people who say uh, that, that, that you are him and you want to be a her you don't understand God created you and in the way he created you he didn't make a mistake God didn't just fall asleep at the wheel when he was creating human beings God made both what? Male and? and folks, I, I'm just a pastor that I'm not trying to beat up on people. But I am trying to say to you, there are no compromises for me with how the Bible tells us that we are as human beings. Yes, I understand that people can be highly confused. But God wasn't confused. You know what the Bible says about confusion? He says God is not the author of that confusion. God does everything what? Decently and orderly. And God, everything that he touches, he says it's good. And when he touches human beings, very good. And sometimes we want to alter. I, I, I wanted to pull a figure, and I, I forgot the number, so I don't want to try to pull that number out. Um, but I was looking at, uh, uh, in researching how much money people spend on cosmetic surgery. We can think about people. We can think about entertainers. I'll, I'll mention one. Michael Jackson spent an inordinate amount of money cosmetically altering himself. Because somehow, you know, when he looked in the mirror, he couldn't see what God saw. Sometimes, some of you, you spend an inordinate amount of resources trying to alter yourself. 
Look in the mirror and see yourself as wonderfully made, distinctively made by God. And look at yourself and say, very good, very good. Some of you spend your time being, trying to please other people, and you're making so many modifications and changes in your life, trying to be a man pleaser rather than a God pleaser. Just please God. Just please God. Just please God. Stop comparing what somebody else looks like or what somebody else has. You are unique. You are blessed and highly favored. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're blessed. Let's look at the 16th verse. You saw me before I was born. Who saw you before you were born? God did. You saw me before. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. How many of you know every day of your life has been recorded by God? God knows every tear that you have cried. And the Bible says when you get to heaven, God is going to say, I was there. I, I, I was there. I'm bringing, how many of you know God will bring you through? Yea, though I walk through the valleys and the shadows of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Why? God was there recording it in the book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, a lot of people want to take this and talk about predestination that you don't have a, a, a choice in the matter. No, that's not what the scripture is saying. But God has a path for you. You just got to get in that path. God has laid out a very good path for every human being. Every human being. You just got to discover that path. And I realize that people run all over the place. Some of I, I bought a book last year, and it was 1,531 Curious Cults. How many occultish things are out there trying to get people's attention because people are wanting to know, uh, you know, what's my purpose? What's the design for my life? See, folks, money won't make you happy. I know a lot of people who have money and they're still not happy. I know a lot of people that have a lot of material things. And that's why the Bible said, you remember the scripture said, what would it profit a man if he could gain what? The whole world, but then lose his soul. Because you're never going to be happy. How rich is rich for a rich person? There are people on the planet right now who have more money than they could ever spend while they live on the earth. But that's still not enough. That's still not enough. It's the, uh, 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 the epitome of the scripture where the man said concerning his life, oh, I'm going to build some more barns. I'm going to build some more vats. I, I, I'm going to keep storing up. And then he said, one day, one day, then I'll just eat and drink and be merry. And the Bible says God spoke to that person and called what his plan was very foolish. And he said to him, your soul is required of you this day. I was driving on the beltway, and some of the, the men that work here in the pantry, they shared the same thing. 
between College Park and Greenbelt, an individual on a, I don't know why anybody would put a scooter on the Beltway. You know, a moped as I call it. But that person got crushed. Beltway was at a standstill on Friday. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. I, I just it's a subtle reminder and it's for every child here today too because I, I'm aware of a, a very alarming statistic in this DMV area the district Maryland Virginia we are burying more young people than we are old people that statistic because they're getting killed by gangs they're getting killed because they're overdosing they're they're dying You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. Now, all the Bible is trying to get everybody is to start to understand God has a purpose for your life. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your time and the time that God has given you on foolishness. The praises of this world, the praises of man is not what you're supposed to be in pursuit of. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be what? Added to you. And there are times when people are in pursuit of so many lesser things, things that won't even matter, things that don't really have value, things that you think will cause you to have fun. God says, I've got it mapped out. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How many of you want to know the plan of God for your life? First, you have to give your life to Christ. You've got to stop leaning to your own understanding. And the Bible says, then start acknowledging God. How, does I, how do I acknowledge God? What does his word say? The Bible says, he will order your steps. He will set your conversation right. Well, I got a problem because I can't see God. Please. Please. You, 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 you're not going to serve God because you can't see him? You might as well stop talking on the phone then. You might as well stop using the Internet. You don't see anything, but that don't stop you from using it. You don't understand everything. May I borrow your phone? I know you're looking at your Bible on it. How many in here can put one of these together? Raise your hand. Real, you can, except him. You can put this together. You can take all the little component inner parts of this and just put them together, and you can make calls all over the world. Does that stop you from using this? How many of you know how to make images form on this thing? How many of you know how to put the component together to so do what we call FaceTiming with these things? That don't stop you from using it, does it? Just because you don't fully understand a thing doesn't mean that you can't have faith in it. Oh, I'm sorry, did I do that? I feel like Urkel now. <laughs> that shouldn't stop you. 
This is why you've heard me say it, and I'm a pastor that repeats myself, and I know it purposely. I don't believe that I was formed because some big blast took place in the earth. And this big blast gave us all different fingerprints. This big blast gave us all different pupils and eyes. This big blast, come on. It almost sounds SOS, doesn't it? Stuck on stupid. That somehow a big bang took place and all of the diversity and all of the uniqueness and all of the various climates and various mountains and atmospheric things, it was all a result of a big blast? I don't believe it. I go back to what we introduced this message with. There were six days. There was a God creating you, creating us, creating what we see. And all he is desiring will you worship. I don't believe that somehow we started off as a monkey, as an ape, as Cro-Magnums, and all of a sudden we were all like this, and then we like this, and then we were like this. Come on. I don't care how many times you watch the planet of the ape. It ain't true. It ain't true. I know that's bad English, but it ain't true. I don't believe I. God, come on. Wouldn't it reason, be reasonable to assume that we're evolving into something else? Well, all of a sudden, we just got to the point and we stopped evolving. I hated it when I went to school. It was an integration. I, you know, two weeks ago, they were having the uh, remembrance of 60 years since the Civil Rights March, and I was one of those students who had to go to school where I wasn't wanted. I was the only student of color in a school where people were calling me a monkey. You know, even somebody said to me, what happened to your tail? Did you tuck it in your pants or did you cut it off? That's very discriminatory. That's very derogatory. That's very... But... It's only when you know who you are that no matter what comments come at you, you stand. And having done all to stand, you are what? Still standing. You are coming out on top because you know that God created you. And you know that God, what he created is what? Very good. Come on, look at yourself one more time. Say, very good. Very good. That's who you are. Won't ever let somebody uh, through this form of comparison, comparison rather, get you to thinking that somehow you're not good enough. Amen. That the color of your skin doesn't make you good enough. That the texture of your hair doesn't make you good enough. I don't have to worry about that anymore, but <laughs> God is good. And he created you, and he called you and I very good. Oh, that was only for Adam. No, that was for all generations. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And whatever God is touching, and that's why you want him to touch your life. 
Because every time God touches your life, something good happens. There was a woman with an issue of blood, and she just touched the hem of his garment, and everything that was broken, everything that was out of order came into order because she touched God. This morning, God wants some people that want to touch him. Get in touch with God. For years, Dr. Charles Stanley had a ministry called In Touch, and the whole purpose of that ministry is to help people to get in touch with God. We deal in so much fantasy and so much virtual environments, and sometimes we forget the reality. It's good to be able to shake a hand. This young man got so big, he was, I used to mess with him, he would come up and help us in the pantry. You live in New Jersey now? Connecticut. Okay. But when he would come, he'd be there with us on Saturday, and he and I would talk about basketball team. He didn't like my basketball team, the Washington Wizards. He was a Los Angeles Lakers fan. But it's good to see him. It's good to be able to shake his hand. It's good to be able to say, wow, did you grow? Man, you were here. And that's only been a little over a year. What they do? Put fertilizer in your shoes? <laughs> wow. Folks, this is why it's so important. The Bible says where two or three are doing what? Touching and agreeing. God is in the midst. The devil doesn't want you to ever get to that place. He wants to try to put fear. He wants to try to put things in your mind that says everything is bad, everything is bad, everything is bad. But God is what? Good. What is he trying to get his people to do? Get in his presence. He's trying to get you and I, all of us, to start to what? Practice being in the presence of God every day. Do you know what he told Joshua? He said, you need to do this day and night. Meditate in God, what? Day and night. Whatever God shows you, he says, do it. And then you will make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. You are distinct. You are beautiful, wonderfully made in God's likeness, God's image. Amen? Amen? God didn't make any flaws in you. Stop trying to be like somebody else. Stop trying to cosmetically change who you are. Be comfortable in your skin. Amen. Be comfortable in your skin because you are distinctively made by God. Amen? Amen? Let's look at Psalm 32. I'm trying to follow my notes and stay on track here. God has a path for us. This is the whole purpose of this. In Psalm 32, verse 8, which is on your screen right now, um, the whole emphasis is, is for you to take away from this point is that God has a path. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best, the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Who knows the best pathway for you? God. Whose counsel do you want to get? See, Snooky and everybody else got advice for you. But it would be best for you to get the counsel of God. Amen. You think you know your path. But the Bible says your safety is in the multitude of 
the counsel of God's word. God has a pathway for you. And that pathway is always going to lead you to something good. That pathway is always going to cause you to, at the end result, be what? Blessed. Here's the third point that I want to make. Stop putting limits on God. I want you to imagine yourself living a life with no limitations, no barriers, no obstacles. And you can live a life like that in Christ. Because the Bible says you could then start to speak to the mountains and say to the mountains, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea because you have your faith in God. If you'll take, that, take me to that next scripture, I, Alfred, is that you on the screen, on the computer? First Samuel chapter 17, verse 47 is the, what I put in my notes to help you to see this. Look at what it says. And it says in 1 Samuel 17, 47, 1 Samuel 17, verse 47, I have to remember that there are people are watching and they don't always see the scriptures that you and I are seeing. But it's 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 47. We are reading from a New Living Translation. It says, And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. I mean, you know, the Lord will give you the victory. The Lord will always get, because everything that God's going to do for your life is going to be for good. It's not going to be that you find yourself wrestling with flesh and blood. It's not because you're going to have to pick up a gun or pick up some type of, uh, of weaponry. Uh, no, it's because you picked up your word. You're meditating in this word day and night, and you know that the Lord will bless you. And he will do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or even think. I've been sharing on the goodness of the Lord because I want you to understand no matter what you're facing in your life, God is good. And he's that way all the time. And all of the time, you need to be able to come to the conclusion, God is good. You need to be able to realize you have an enemy, and whatever the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn it for what? Good. If you're going through a sickness right now, God is good, and he is a healer. If you are a caregiver or a caretaker for your, your, your loved ones, and you say, man, this is tough, God is still good, and he can bring you through that. If you're going through a rough time in your life, in your marriage, on your job, or whatever that circumstance is, just know God has not left you. Say, I am a friend of God. This friend, the Bible says, sticks closer than a friend. God is good. And he has a pathway. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood, so there's no need of you staying continuously in arguments with people. Continuously having friction. I know the Bible says you can get angry. He says, be angry, but what? Sin not. But how many of you like to be at a place where you don't have any of those kind of barriers? The, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You'll find yourself, rather than arguing, you're rejoicing in the Lord. This is why every one of you, you should need to have you a playlist that gets you up. I put mine on, the, on, on yesterday. You know how you can sync your phone to your car now? 
I put it on blast. Yes, I did. And it got me up. Because sometimes your body doesn't want to do what you need to be doing that day. Sometimes you you got to just stir it up. I stirred it up. I put it on blast. Yeah, I was at the light. Yes, I was. Why? Because I know God is what? Good. When my body doesn't feel like it. You, you remember the song, Waymaker? I don't know if Whitney's still here. But God is a what? Waymaker. Even when I don't see it. Even when I don't feel it. God's making a way. The old saints used to say, he'll make a way out of no way. He really can. He really does. Communion is one of those ways that God helps his people to realize that you need to remember who your God is. Don't ever forget who God is. If you never made a decision to receive God, you should make that decision now. Why don't you close your eyes for just a minute? Just a moment. I'm asking everyone, I'm asking every child here today, out of respect for God, I'm asking you to close your eyes. I'm asking you to bow your head. All parents, sometimes when they're teaching their children, when we pray over a meal, they would say to you, bow your head. What, what does that do? Why, why do we ask for something like that? Part of it is, is deals with humility. The other part is to ensure that you block out distractions so that you can just hear God, ushers, please wait, ushers, please wait, ushers, please wait. God's moving now. God's trying to get someone in the kingdom. I, I, we can't be that distraction. We can't be that person that, that when God, do you understand that when you're charging something and it's in, in, in plug in and if you unplug it, Charging ceases to be. Let's do this orderly. Because this is a call for somebody to get saved. There's somebody in here this morning. You need to give your life to God and you know it. Your life has been hard. Your life has been a struggle. Everything that you seem to be putting your hands to is just simply just not coming to pass like you knew it could or should. But that doesn't mean that you're bad. I want you to know, God says about you, you're very good. But you just need to find a pathway now. You need to discover the plan. And you need to put your life in the hand of God now. By show of hand, how many of you want to go to heaven? By show of hand, how many of you want to go to heaven? I'm looking, and I see every hand there in that section. I see every hand in this section. I see every hand in this section, in that section. Take your hands down. What have you just said, and I can't see you at the viewing audience, but I suspect many of you had your hand up. Now the question is, how do you plan to get there? You want to go to heaven. So how do you plan to get there? There's only one way. And the Bible says Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life that you are looking for right now. 
I just want to get out of the pain that I'm in. Jesus can take away the pain. I just want to come out of the depression that I feel like I'm in, Pastor. Jesus can take away the, the depression and the anxiety that's in your life if you'll let him fix it. And if you want Jesus to fix it, he'll fix it right now. So now I'm going to ask another question. If you haven't already, but you know that you are ready to give your life to Christ, and you say, Pastor, today is my day. I want to give my life to Christ. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to give my life to Christ. I see children's hands going up. I see some adults' hands going up. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to serve God. I'm not going to try to compare myself to other people. I'm not going to try to compete with other people. I'm not going to just spend my life wanting what other people have. I want what God has for me. And I'm not going to try to cheat my way through life. In him I'm going to live. In him I'm going to move. And it's in him I'm going to have my being. Everyone say this with me, those including my viewing audience. Father God... In the name of Jesus, I come asking you to come into my heart, into my life. Lead me, guide me to that pathway that causes my life to be brighter, brighter, and brighter as the noonday. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Today and every day, from this day forward, I belong to you. I will not give my praise to men. My praise, the whole of the glory, belongs to you. Give yourself a hand clap. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Heaven is rejoicing over you this morning. The Bible says all of heaven starts to rejoice even when one person comes to Christ. Heaven is rejoicing over you this morning. You know what? Now you're ready to receive something called communion. Now you're ready to receive something that represents the blood of Jesus and the body of Christ. Because the Bible says when you take this and you really haven't dealt with you, you take it unworthily. You take it in a manner that's disrespectful to God. Every time you come to God, you want to come as humble as you know how. So the ushers are now passing elements through the aisles. Take a cup. Try to get it open so that you can take the wafer out. Don't eat it yet. Open the cup because we're going to drink together. We're going to eat together. We're going to drink together. It's kind of like sitting at your table. I, I hope your, your house is not one where everybody just get a plate and just start eating. Nobody blesses. Nobody gives thanks unto God. We're going to give thanks together. We're a family. And we're remembering all that God has done for us. And God has done great things. Children, I want you to know this is just not something that playful. This is something that you are saying to God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you shed your blood. I'm grateful that you allowed your body to be pierced so that I, my body could be whole. I'm grateful. I grew up in a church, and I, I, I just, I don't think I ever understood what communion was about. 
And so for me, it was just getting that, and we should use literally little glass cups at the time. And it was just about getting that little cup and drinking the grape juice for me. Nobody told me it represents Jesus' blood, and perhaps I wasn't listening close enough. I don't want to say that they neglected to do what they needed to do, but I want the children here in this church to understand that it's not just getting a taste of little sweet juice. It's getting a taste of Jesus. It's getting something in your sensual part to help you to be more spiritual and to realize he took a bitter cup so that you and I can take a sweet cup. His body was broken so that your body wouldn't have to be broken because by his stripes you were healed. And I know children, when we mention that scripture, they go, what are you talking about by his stripes? I would take my belt off, but some of you would say it's undignified, Pastor, if you took your belt off. But I'm going to do it anyway. Because I want you to know what happened with Jesus. Something awful took place before he went on the cross. They whipped him. They whipped Jesus. And so when you hear a pastor talking about by his stripes, it's because Jesus was tied. And somebody took a whip that had glass in it, that had spikes in it. You know, it's, it's a essential of taking what is this buckle piece. And when that whip went onto Jesus' back, it pulled flesh and blood was spewing. And it left stripes. You and I would call them scars. And he took a brutal beating for your sin. You know, children, we all understand that mama say, I'm going to take the belt off. It's going to hurt. But daddy comes home and says, I'm taking the belt off. And I hope you don't whip your children with no belt, but Jesus got beat. And he did nothing wrong. Anybody been accused of doing something and you did nothing wrong? Doesn't it hurt? Doesn't it hurt? to be accused of something that you didn't do. Jesus committed no sin, yet he was whipped. <laughs> These children are so precious. I love them. So precious. But I want them to know the truth. I want all you children to know the truth. I know you're saying I'm sitting in an adult's session and pastors using words or making sentences that I don't fully understand but I hope you fully understand Jesus took stripes on his back so that you might be healed say I'm healed say it again I'm healed say it one more time I'm healed let the devil know I ain't putting up with no back pains I'm not putting up with no stomach aches ear aches whatever name that is named is not for me because why I'm healed and when I take communion today I'm remembering someone took us tremendous beating so that I wouldn't be defeated
So I would be what he refers to as a head and not the tail. So that I could be a what? Above, not beneath. So that I could be more than a conqueror. So that I could be blessed every day of my life. So I want you to take that element, the first element. It's the wafer, that little piece of bread. Why is it so flat? Why is it even somewhat, would say, tasteless? Because when Jesus was helping his people, they had to escape. They had to escape out of Egypt. And they didn't have time. Those of you who know how to bake, you know that when you put leaven in the bread, you got to give it time to what? Rise. But when you ain't got time, and you even put the biscuit in the oven, it's not going to rise. It's going to look like a, a coaster. Jesus is trying to help us to see. He's the bread of life. He's going to help you to rise. He's going to help you to overcome everything that the enemy is trying to keep you flat on your back with. I'm speaking to somebody who I'm trying to get you to get up out of your house. I'm trying to get you to get up out of that. You, you, you're, you're letting the devil tell you you can't do and you can do. This is why I'm, you, know, you all can get upset with pastor, but I know what the Spirit of the Lord is telling me. You all go to doctors and you ride in your car. You sit in the doctor's hard chairs. They make you wait for a period of time and you are telling me you can't come to the house of the Lord? Something is wrong with your thinking right now. Because if you read your Bible carefully, they brought the sick. They brought people with diseases. They brought people who were filled with demons. Where did they bring them? They brought them to Jesus. We have allowed the world to give us a mindset that if something is going wrong with our body, then we need to just stay home. Folks, there was a man who couldn't even walk, and he had some caring, loving, compassionate friends who brought him to church. He was on a stretcher. And they got to the door, and the door, it was crowded. Nobody could get in anymore. And they loved their friend so much, and they knew, I got to get him into the presence. The Bible said they went up on the roof. I don't know what they used, ladders, or, or I don't believe they had these things. What do we call them? The carpenters used the scaffolds. I don't believe they had scaffolds. But they found a way to get on the roof. They found a way to tear the roof off. This is Jesus' house. And Jesus is not concerned about his roof being torn off. He was more impressed with the fact that his friends loved their friends so much that they got him to the house of the Lord. I hear you. I'm taking so-and-so to the doctor today. Then you need to use that same energy and take him to the house of the Lord. There are many people that I was supposed to pray over today, but you're not here. There are many people that the Lord said, if they come, you lay hands on them. I believe in a miracle working God. How about you? Every time I take communion, I, it reminds me of a miracle working God. 
It looked impossible for the Egyptians to, I mean, for the Hebrews to ever escape the hand of the Egyptians, but they escaped. It may look impossible for you to escape whatever the sickness or the disease or the handicap that's on your life, but it's not. Nothing is impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing is impossible. Those of you who are watching, nothing is impossible with God. Get up. Get up. The man who was at the pool, he said, I don't have anybody to take me. When the water is stirred, I have nobody to put me in the water. And sometimes we are stuck because we're looking for somebody else to put us in the water. God, you know, Jesus didn't pick that man up. He told the man, what? Get up. Take up your bed and walk. Folks, I have seen it happen in my own life. I know when medical people have told me, you aren't going to walk. This is your plight. This is your death. It's not. My destiny is defined in what I'm about to do right now. Remember what the Lord has done for me. That by his stripes, I'm healed. He took in his body what I don't have to take in mine. I'm blessed. Take the bread together now in Jesus' name. Use your mouth to crush it. Don't just swallow it. This is not an M&M. I don't want it just melt in your mouth. I want you to chew it. Why? Because you have to use your mouth to overcome. They overcame by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of that testament. You have to use your mouth in order to form words. And God wants you to form his words in your mouth. The Bible says, draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And you are able to resist the devil and the devil will flee. Life and death, Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in where? The power of your tongue. This cup, Jesus said, represented his blood. His blood was shed all through the Old Testament. Blood had to be shed. Blood had to be shed. But it was always the blood of an animal. But now the Son of God, Jesus Christ, would shed his blood. When it was an animal's blood, it had to be done every year over and over and over and over again. But Jesus, once and for all, shed his blood for the remission of our sin. Say, I'm clean. I'm whole. I'm forgiven. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Very good. Very good. You've been created very good. And the blood is to remind you, everything now is again very good in your life because of Jesus. Take the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet as we give the benediction. Ushers, just hold for just a moment. We'll get them. Hallelujah. I know it's been a lengthy Sunday. I thought I could do this in just a matter of minutes, but I, I always like to just do what God tells me to do. And what God has told me to do is that take some time to help you to see that you are very good God has not made a mistake and what he did it doesn't break 
It's only breaks in our life if we break covenant with God, if we break relationship with God, stay in relationship with God. Every day, get up and just tell God you're grateful, that you're thankful. You may not pray like I do, or you may not pray like somebody else's do, but don't compare yourself. But do make sure that you have an authentic relationship with God. That you are in a personal, intimate, and an eternal relationship with God. As we leave the day, and for the streaming audience, I apologize, but as you leave the day, there are a few items that we want to give you. Oh, I've never seen so many eggs in all my life. We had pallets and pallets of eggs. So how many of you like eggs? I had a man, he said, I eat three a day. And I said, well, you will get your three today. We had plenty of eggs. So we want to give you some as you leave today. A few other things. You're not going to do like we've done in the past, which is go to the garage. It's, it's not the massive amount that we normally would give, but we do have... If you want to get up and have an omelet in the morning, you'll be okay. I tried to give some to Tim, and Tim laughed at me. (laughs) Just pallets of them, and we want to give some to you as you go out today. Amen? Lift your hands toward heaven. It'll be down on the academy side if you're wondering where you should go. It's just like you're going to exit to go to your car. You go on the academy side. If you want them, you're welcome to take them. If you don't, it's okay. God bless you. Father, we thank you that we're blessed. Your word says we're blessed when we come in. We're blessed when we go out. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. Whatever we put our hand to, your word says, we'll be blessed. Father, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. And we are choosing to be a blessing. You won't make us bless people, but we choose to be a blessing to people because we are ambassadors for Christ. We go and represent him. Everything that we do reflects on Christ. Because people know that you've said you're a child of God. Live like a child of God. Talk like a child of God. Walk like a child of God. Be a child of God. Because he has translated us out of the darkness over into this marvelous light. And he has commanded all of us now with this light. Let it shine. Let it shine. Don't conceal it. Don't put it up under something where nobody knows you're a Christian. Every student ought to know, young people, that you're a Christian. Every adult ought to know you are a Christian. Every person that you come in contact with ought to know who is your first love. Jesus is my first love. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for surrounding us with your favor like a shield. And God, next week, We're going to come back with testimonies about the goodness of the Lord. I want you to prepare your testimonies because I believe that next week's service, we're supposed to talk about um, some of the goodness. I believe we have a a guest minister preaching for us next week, but I want a lot for a small amount of time for a few testimonies where you talk about the goodness of the Lord. Amen? Go and be a blessing in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.